Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine, and today with me, one other very cynical person. Hi, I'm an engineer wearing suspenders. It's me, Sybil. Are you an engineer? No! Okay. We're back with the year of... No. With the month... The January month in 2023 is the month of 2022. It makes perfect sense. I don't know why anyone would question our choice of things to do. <laughs> uh, as always, we're going through a bunch of records from last year that are good. So we don't have to listen to records that are bad, which are the records that we listen to usually. Um, and the next one seems fun. I gave it a quick listen. Okay. Okay, okay. It's gonna be in a bit, though. I yes. Don't, I, I don't know. I'm the the last last year we did mostly like pop punk adjacent thing for this month, and honestly, right now I'm like, let's do stuff that's not let's do stuff that's not pop punk until we get back to our <laughs> to our schedule. So we're today we're talking about experts in a dying field by the pets. Which are a good band that I like. They Sibyl. are a good band. Sibyl, how do yes. you feel about this record? <laughs> um, I am going to be a little more critical of it than you because this is a genre that is so completely outside my area of taste. Uh, you have the wrong Arnett sister on this episode. Yeah, I was like, my host is incredibly cynical and... uh irony poison let's bring the most like earnest cutesy record possible to the podcast i'm Look, sure she'll enjoy it there are some tracks on this that i very much enjoy i mean of course they are fucking great at writing pop songs but still i'm just saying i can't i can't imagine you enjoying tracks like let me see uh, your side in any kind of way. Ooh, no, yep, that's, <laughs> that's one of the ones I'm the most savage on. <laughs> I think it's a good track, but it's a bit too much even for me, but yeah, I don't think you would have enjoyed the track. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think this is a bad record. I think this is music in a genre I don't do. I think this is a fantastic record. Uh, the bats keep just making bangers of record. To be fair, you may enjoy the other, the previous records the bats have done because they're more um, power pop, like they're you know faster tempos and they're less like this has this has a lot of uh, slower songs, which I think are, they've gotten really good at doing. the The problem with the two previous records is whenever they would go slower, um, they wouldn't be as good. And I think this record nails it. This record nails the the bats now can do slow songs and 
No one can stop them anymore. They're the ultimate band. They can do fast songs and they can do slow songs. Sybil is the only person who can save us from the bat supremacy <laughs> being immune to their charm. Well, if I have to go Shirley Manson on the Sarah Connor Chronicles on them, I will. That's the that's our that's our pitch for a sci-fi series. The bats have taken over the world. Sable is the only one who can save us. If you want to give me money to go around pretending I have to beat up indie rock bands to save the world, I'll do it. <laughs> we could make a beat 'em up game about uh about this. The Bets Beat-Em-Up. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's, like the, the, it's like the old Scott Pilgrim beat-em-up. Ugh. Not a fan? Um, I have very conflicted feelings about that game, mostly because it's flawed in a lot of design ways, has a very good soundtrack, and the source material is garbage. Uh, I don't even know if there's a history here that I have to talk about. Like, the Bets are a band from New Zealand, as you can tell by the accent, which uh, I keep an accent watch in my notes, because there are... Most of the times you can't really tell, and then sometimes they pronounce the E's very, very New Zealandly, which uh, which is, has its charm. Um, but yeah, this is their third record. They kept releasing, honestly, bangers of Power Pop record. I was into the bats before it was cool. Their first record, like, all of the critics were like, this is great, this is the best, and... I was waiting for the record for years because I was into them since they were putting out EPs and singles. And I was like, when will they put out a full record? And then they put out a full record and everyone loved it. But I was into them before it was cool to be into them, which is important. Let's do it. Let's talk about Expert in a Dying Field. And the title track, Expert in a Dying Field. Do you As think opposed they should... to Expert in the Killing Fields, which is a very, very different album. Uh, the Killing Fields as the game Killing Fields, which was the the Left for Dead ripoff. No. Do you do you think they should change the name their band name into Expert in a Dying Field so they can it can be the song Expert in a Dying Field from the album Expert in a Dying Field by the band Expert in a Dying Field? Oh, you mean like Bad Company by the band Bad Company on the album Bad Company? Exactly, that's the best thing ever. Bad Company. Do you, do you think they are bad company to be to be into that band? Yes. Fair. They, I mean, they, they warn you about it. <laughs> uh, this is a great opener. Again, we start with some with songs that are significantly slower and less, like, rock-oriented. There are a couple of big rock songs in this record, but they're definitely... There's less power in this pop this time around. Uh, but I love the song. I think uh, using experts in a dying field as a metaphor for a dead relationship, basically. Like, 
a really clever songwriting bit. Um, lower song, but still filled with just so many pop, like power pop hooks. Like the little backing vocals at the beginning of the chorus are so good. And uh, this would be one of those records, once again, where I'm like, this song is good. Because there's not a lot that you can say. They're all really catchy songs and they all have lots of tiny like hooks with the backing vocals and what the guitar is doing. Um, but there's not a lot, really lot to analyze. Um, I'm sure uh, Sybil would make fun of plenty of the really earnest relationship lyrics of these songs. But aside from that, great, great opener. Love it. Uh, actually, I think this is one of the strongest songs on the record, but nice. sure. No, this is, this is good. My biggest issue with the Baths is that there are tracks on this record which, because of their pacing and very simplistic lyrics, at times, not on every track, at times, they feel very repetitive and droning in a way that I do not enjoy. It feels like a twee uh, shoegaze band instead of a depressed shoegaze band, which is my usual style. So when that happens, I get lost and end up just my brain turns off and I start thinking up horrible burns about the band. This is not that. This it's also weird because none of the songs is like past four minutes. Like only one is, really. A lot of the songs are like pretty standard, like... Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, right? Yeah, I'm saying there's only a couple of them that I really get savage on. Fair enough. But Expert in a Dying Field is a good opener. Uh, it has a music video where they are touring a house, playing in different rooms, while a gray-bearded old engineer is burning up and designing audio equipment and electronics there is all kinds of classical cameras and toys and recording hardware and sound devices aplenty. I am so jealous of this house. And as a technical writer, I feel attacked by the thesis of this song in non-metaphorical terms. <laughs> what is the non-metaphorical term of the thesis? <laughs> to be an actual expert in a dying field rather than using it as uh, a metaphor for an ex-lover. Fair enough. I mean, Sybil, I worked in translation... That's a extremely dead field right now, thanks to machine translation. No, it's not if you want anything competent. Yeah, no one wants anything competent. Last time I worked in translation, which was years ago, I was basically working for, like, about $2 an hour. Yeesh. Yeah, okay. it's, not, it's not great. That is not great, you're correct. Also, this the video and the gentleman who seems to own this house made me wonder if I need overalls or suspenders. <laughs> you should what? do the you should do the Angelo Parker from AEW thing where you wear like suspenders Ooh. but also a belt. Okay, okay. That's tempting. And that would be accessories that could go with anything. Yes. But no, this is a this is a great song. It's a good love song. And also, it has some absolute crazies on the genius page. Oh, God. Let, let's hear the genius page. I wasn't aware that this was a genius episode. The very first lines of the song are, Can we erase our history? Is it as easy as this? Someone has written as a annotation for this, 
Perhaps Elizabeth is singing about what historian Tom Holland describes in his book Dominion, where he outlines Christianity as the most enduring and influential legacy of the ancient world, and its emergence the single most transformative development in Western history. The current zeitgeist seems intent on erasing this history, or at the very least complicit in its death. What the fuck? And there's a picture of just a weird, nervous guy who you would punch in a face at the party. That's an actor from Supernatural. Yeah, it's very much the guy who you would punch out for making a weird joke about your wife. (laughs) What? Uh, There are eight comments on this. I'm not going to go into it, but there's a lot of it that just like, what the fuck? Yes, to be fair, everyone is panning this this note, but what the fuck? It has has a minus 18 rating. Anyhow, I thought you needed to know that. That's amazing. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't expecting that. Like, the, the trad cat interpretation of the song. From two lines. <laughs> yes. Did you know that the Bets are secretly promoting the knives in the back of Jesus? <laughs> Great stuff for the episode. <laughs> ah. All of the other notes seem fairly normal. Yeah, everything else is completely fine. I don't know how that one is still there. And <laughs> uh, this is a good song. Can, do we want to go to Knees Deep? Let's go to Knees Deep, which also has a video. video for Nice Deep. <laughs> I think it's really fun. In the video for Nice Deep, basically, like, the band is, like, doing rehearsal, and in between, like, people going in and out, they go and do bungee jumping, and they dip their head in the water, and every time they dip their head in the water, they get better at playing. So everyone ends up wet in the end. But that's cute. I think it's a very cute video. It's quite nice. Um... Some of the members of the band are balder than the lead singer, who gets unfortunate hair as a result of the bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of yeah, one one of the one of the, the people is just bald. Mm-hmm. They they have various degrees of hair in the band. It's true. It is a fun little indie rock tune. It has you know. I have to say, commenting on the video. I know I am a known idiot, but if you dangle a free bungee jumps flyer in front of me, I'm not taking it. That's something I want to pay money for. (laughs) I I want to make damn sure if I'm getting a bungee jump, everyone has double and triple checked everything and paid their professionals. See, but that fits with the theme of the song, which is about 
uh, not being scared of things and new things, I think. Something like that. There's new things and then there's gambling your life. I mean, you're technically gambling your life every day by just by living in America. Everyone has guns there. It's true. I'm sad now. I made that joke and I'm sad now. <laughs> but Ellie, that means I have guns. Do you have guns, Dylan? Not yet. Okay. Remember, I'm a criminal. I'm not allowed to have guns. I love that I'm making a podcast with literally a cartoon character. Hey! I'm like Lupin the Third at worst. Uh, but no, this is like, it's a great tune. Again, lots of hooks, like the little falsetto bit before the chorus is like, great, yes. Um, the chorus is just really catchy, good videos. But yeah, good song. Uh, this was the third single, I believe, from this record. Oh, also like, I, I before we end uh, the podcast, I do want you to listen to the one of the early songs they put out this year, which didn't end up on the record. And I think it's, like, secretly the best song they made, like, ever. And, okay. like, it didn't end up on the record. But well, I, then let's, can... let's come back to that at the end. Yeah, let's come back to that. I, I just remembered this because I was, like, there were... Because in my brain, there's been four singles for this record because that song came out at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just been three because that song is not on this record. So that's... That, Anyhow, Silence is Golden is the next song. This has the final video. It's a much less impressive one. It's just the band performing on a stage. Yeah, this was the first single. It's uh, very different from everything else on the record. It's the maybe the heaviest song on here. It's definitely like the noisier and like the most indie rock song. And like it took a while for me to enjoy this because it's very repetitive and it doesn't do a, it doesn't variate a lot. It's like two minutes fifty to be fair. It's not that long. It's a very repetitive song. But when some, I, I never was into it when it was just released as a single. But in the context of the record, I sort of like it. First of all, because it's a bit of a break from the two sub first songs that are a bit similar. Second of all, it's a real earworm. Like, I don't even like listening to it a lot, but just by listening to it in the record, I just get the, the, the car stuck in my head forever. Like, I swear I went, like, for three days just, like, humming. Silence is golden, is golden. I don't know if it's a good song, but it's an effective song. So, in the end, Silence is Golden is a land of contrasts. (laughs) Well, speaking of land of contrasts, this uh, this is one of the lower tracks on the album for me. I was thinking that, yes, it's very repetitive. The chorus is a lot of repeated bits. 
it's almost like a garage rock song in a way. Like it's very, mm-hmm. very basic. Not amazing. The video gave me nothing to chew on. And I started to just kinda oh no, this is a this is a string of bad tracks for me. Really? Oh, I guess you wouldn't like the next one at all. Fair. I told you your side. Okay, is let's one talk of let's talk most... let's talk let's talk about your side because I feel this is one of the most the when we'll differ the most. I think it's a cute song. It's a bit too cute, but I think it's a cute song. Let's talk about your side. is the song about my sister. The good one. <laughs> is there a bad one? Oh yeah, I have two sisters. Uh, one of them is very close to me and would love this record and we're only a few years apart. And the other one is the one who abandoned a baby on my mother's doorstep. Ouch! Okay. Yes. Let's not talk about that. Yes. So if you hear me referencing one of my sisters this week, it's the good one. Okay. Good, good to know. Uh, well, this is a, this is a character study in Sable today that we have on this episode. Um, but no, the, I, I like the song. It's it's uh, we love each other, but we're apart. So just I am being needy. Come to a plane to me or whatever. Um, it's 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 very very twee. It's very cutesy. Mm-hmm. But it sort of worked for me just because it's uh, again it's very earnest and like nice. I I think if this was like a sadder song with this melody with the same melody and like structure, maybe it would work less because this is one of the first like straight up ballads of the record, mm-hmm. and it has some a really good guitar but not a lot of other stuff going on. There's some really good guitar hooks like the the little thing that the guitar does are really good. Um, but yeah, the chorus is not as catchy as other things on the record. But I think just like the fact that it's like nice, it's like it's just really the, the lyrics and uh, just singing is really like nice and pleasant sort of makes this song work for me. Even though it is a bit too twee, it is a bit too like uh, too sweet. But eh, I en- I enjoy this. I I, en- I I enjoy things. I literally just bought a pink bow. Of course I enjoy this song. Because I'm the girl character of this Are game. You Mrs. Pac-Man. Yeah, I, I am apparently Mrs. Pac-Man. I was, I was buying like hair things because I like to keep my hair on one side. Um, I, I think it looks good. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, lich, this thing has literally a pink bow on it. Sure, why not? Let's be Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> I think of the two of us. I am definitely the Butch. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I, I mean, my style is Italian grandma, though. It's not even that femme. It's just like, I look like an old lady. 
According to the internet, I have dark academia style. That's a good style. Or I, w- I wanted I wanted to get a blazer, which is very dark academia, but I haven't found a good one yet. Or I don't know if I ever told you this story on the air. Uh, one of my co-workers at my last job did describe me as looking like Dasha from Red Scare. I don't know what any of this word means. Oh, oh! If you don't, you don't know how much of an insult that is. Treadcast okay. eh? podcast grifter. Oh God! Yes. Oh God! Basically, imagine that you were told you're like the Lady Jordan Peterson. Uh, your side is a very sweet song that uh, I was already tired of by two twenty in. The problem is it's four forty one. It's very long. Yes, it's slower. Therefore, it's longer. And after about two thirty, it's pretty much just repeating the chorus over and over and over for the rest of the song. There's a solo. There's a solo, but it's not I like a system. The, I actually like the solo on this. I can't fault any of the playing. It's just when these tracks get languid, I can't stand them. Oh, you're not into the little hook where they like lower all of the instrument and she starts singing the chorus on basically nothing and then everything comes in, which is the best bit in every song ever? <laughs> Near the end? No. Okay. No. It's a bit too long. They could have cut one repetition on this one. I think that would have done a lot. I think if we were closer to four minutes than five, I would have been happy. Uh, and then we go to the ukulele song I want to listen, which I'm sure you'll be a fan of. monkey's paw track for me. <laughs> oh, so. Oh, so. It's one of the fastest on the album. It's barely over two minutes, and there's energy to it, and it's speedy, and also, this is, like, all it's of that energy ukulele song. is, yep, it's focused into a ukulele and talking about <laughs> little metaphors about how we're all together and happy. Sure. This is one of the. I'll be honest. This is one of the tracks. This is one of the tracks I skip. It's, it's too cute, even for me. I don't think it's a bad track, but it's like I'm not the audience for this song. It's uh, it's definitely a ukulele track. Now, this is about the time where I did a little research on this album and found out that it was delayed by. Uh, it was. Delayed in production by there being lockdowns in their home city. So this was performed and finished on the road. And a lot of the lyrics about isolation and being unable to see someone make a lot more sense in that uh, sense. But also, it's the kind of thing where I just have to go, all right, but we're two years in. You don't have these out of your system yet. Eh, I mean, I yeah. 
this is this is like this does have some pandemic thing. Like it's been quite a year. It's been quite loud. Blah blah blah. I don't know. I I don't really like this track much, but it's uh, very short, and uh, and it's like a nice variation in the record. So you know, it's not. It's definitely like in my bottom of the record here. Like this is one of those tracks, and I'm like, yeah, that's an Ukulele song. Track six, head in the clouds. This goes back to being like pop rock song, like power pop. And I really like this song. It has like wonderfully played guitar, great chorus, not one of the top songs in the record, but a damn solid one. I would say damn solid is my description of this. The problem to me is that this is a song that is flirting with discussions of faith, but not going in any real way that... Not every band needs to talk about fate, Fable. Not okay, everyone is the pesh mode. The, the metaphors are there. We're constantly talking about being on your knees, praying for it not to end. Your soul's in the dirt, so you try to see God. There's no soft white light, no one listening to me at night. That's very much a song about faith, but it's not... It's, it's, it's not about fate, it's like metaphorical, like it uses rhetorical devices with a shared theme rather than actually being about fate. Look, you have to tempt the near nun some more, okay? <laughs> if you're going to give me, if you're going to dangle the free bungee jump sign in front of me, you have to give me the actual rope to hang myself with. Oh, someone is holding a free confession sign in front of you, Simon. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much what we've got here. And then I get in, and it's just a white guy pastor who's flipped his chair around along with his baseball cap telling me, let's rap about our sins. That's what this song is. I was there's promised no, there's no, a dirge. There's no rap in the song. I would like to know there's no rap in the song. I was promised a dirge with this topic, and what I instead got was completely mid-pop punk. <laughs> It's not. It's not pop punk. It's pop. Completely uh, mid pop. Yeah. If, if anything, the guitar is very indie rock. Like it's very distorted and rough, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, also, please the bats. If you end up listening to this episode, please do a song when you rap about your sins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I want to hear the the bats lady rap now. I think that would be great. Bats, bats, bats in the rap. No, I like this song. Um, I don't care. I don't care that much about the lyric, but that chorus is solid.
Okay, I guess we're gonna talk about Best Left, which is one of my favorite tracks, so go ahead and trash it, Demo. Uh, I'm not gonna trash it. I, the okay. reverb at the start got my attention. Yes! Such a good, such a good guitar choice. Yeah, very distinct. It's like um, such a vibe. The problem is that this is another song that just has one note it repeats over and over. And such a, it's so good. If you're going to do that, for me, I need either more speed or more depression out of it, and this has neither. This escalates very well, though. Like, it starts with just this vibey guitar, and first of all, like, the the whole, like, Some things are just left to rot. Like, that, that like, staccato chorus is such a great hook. And yeah, they do repeat it a lot in the song, but there's an escalation. Like, they escalate the backing vocals, they start with, like, little backing vocals, and they get loud backing vocals, and then louder backing vocals, and they do the same with the guitar. I love this song structurally because it doesn't do a lot in terms of building verses, but it does everything instrumentally. Like it builds that progression in the instrumentals, instrumentation, in the production, and it like it slowly ramps up until it's like this big climax. I think this is a really smartly written song, and it's honestly one of my favorite uh, songs of the record. I'm also like a, a sucker for like the thematic lyrics of this. This reminds me of a Carly Rae Jepsen song. I don't remember the title. It's from Emotion. Oh, it's Happy Not Knowing from Dedicated. Like, yeah. Which is another song about like, uh, yeah, we should not talk about this. Good. We're both agreeing on that. Which I think is a really fun lyrical theme when doing this kind of like relationship based uh, lyricism. This song is the light world version of the first single off the new Church's album, uh, How Not to Drown. Which, admittedly, also gets points for me because it has Robert Smith as the guest vocalist, but very similar structure lyrically, but completely opposite musically. And it, it turns out, one of those is my style, one of those is not. You yeah, have we, the know, wrong we know sister. we we know that you like the cure. Um can you imagine Robert Smith featuring another best track? That would be great. <laughs> However <laughs> Look, he did do Sunday I'm in love. Friday I'm in love? Friday I'm in love. Friday it did do Friday I'm in love. He can do happy songs sometimes. That's true. There there are songs like Love Cats, etc. Yeah. Yeah, he could he could be on the Bats album. Okay, he was a he was on a Blink One Eighty Two album. I, I you discovered that like a couple of days ago. Yeah, you just told me that, and I still haven't heard that track. But I'm now morbidly curious because it's going to involve, if it's roughly where we are on the podcast, me discussing the worst Cure album, which came out around the same time. I I I cannot tell you about the album. I haven't listened to the full album, but I do remember actually liking that single a lot. I lined up to buy that. I saw them on the tour where they were so behind on making it that it became a greatest hits at tour. And yeah, it turns out I was very cross with Robert Smith after 413 Dream. And to this day, even though he's done good tracks since then with other artists... I still treat his uh, discussion of a new Cure album is coming as a threat. Maybe we can't work ourselves away out. Is this it? 
anyhow, next step is uh, changing the weather. This is another fantastic song. Like this is, it's a really good track. Like it's really catchy. This is my favorite. I don't track. think there's as much like things going on as in mm -hmm. other tracks, but it's so catchy and it's also like one of the least. Not one of the least negative, but it's like, it's a track that's a bit of a bummer, but also like very uplifting, which is good. It's like, it's mainly about like, not accepting that things can go right sometimes, which I think is, again, very, very earnest, very like, straightforwardly played. Like, it's not, it doesn't get in a lot of darkness or nuance about this stuff, but it's an interesting lyrical theme. I think that's a cool thing to tackle. Um... And yeah, like the pre-chorus is great on this, like the um, the backing vocals and the echoes, like is this an illusion? And then like everything drops down, all of the instruments drop down, the chorus starts and then everything starts back again. This is just like very well, it's a very well, very well crafted pop song. The drum does a lot here, like the drum stops playing for a couple of seconds in a lot of places, creating like a really hooky rhythm, especially on the chorus. This is good. This song is so well crafted. It has a very cure-like bass line. It continues to shift melodically while having a very familiar sound throughout it. It never drags. It is lyrically dense. I love it. This song rules. Best on the album for me. the she-wolf I'm thinking of, yes. It, 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 it's X-Files, but one oh, of the okay, detectives okay. is a werewolf. I mean, I could be into that. You give me a David Duchovny werewolf, I'm, I'm willing to get bit. No, no, the, the lady is the werewolf, of course, because it's she-wolf. You give me a Gillian Anderson werewolf, I'm way more willing to get bit. I forgot that you're gay. Okay. I'm um, everything, thank you. What were we talking about? We were about to go on to when you know you know. Sort of like my pansexuality. Your sexuality is pants? Yes. My sexuality is absolutely pants. Have you seen my taste in partners? Sure, fair enough. <laughs> I just find the idea of pant sexuality very funny, but that's just my dumb brain. Um, this song is very 90s. We were talking about the mid-90s. This song is incredibly 90s with the ooh-ooh-ooh and that guitar here. I don't, I don't have much to say about this one because I just hyper-focused on a specific verse and was disappointed when I realized this was not a Cronenbergian body horror track. Okay. 
My comment on this song is that it sort of sounds like the bare naked ladies. <laughs> Oof. <clears throat> is that even an insult? I don't mind bare naked ladies. I mean, I think I mind the bare naked ladies. Fair enough. The bare naked ladies are aggressively Canadian. Yeah, but you ain't Canada. I don't get why. I don't Canadians hate Canada. are lovely people. One of my teachers was Canadian. She, she was great. Many of my exes are Canadian. Again, that doesn't help your argument. Whenever you say that, that doesn't, that doesn't help in the way that you think it does. We've discussed this. All right. Look, when you know, you know. <laughs> but I'm. I do like how lyrically dense this song is. Uh, I think uh, the scansion is very fun because they put a lot of words in a small amount of space. But the downside of that, it, it, it sort of makes them sound like the, the bare naked ladies. Especially when paired with the ooh and that guitar. What was the line that you obsessed on? Oh, the... That would have been... It takes all of my restraint not climbing in your cranium to observe the way the furniture's arranged. Scratching at the door, they're going to call security so I can't creep around here anymore. And I just wanted to know, why won't the Beths crack a skull and live inside it? What kind of band is this? <sighs> yeah, I guess this is the point where you got barred. Yeah, a little bit. I like this song, though. Fine. It's again. It's a bit too nineties for me, but it's still a good song. It's okay. It's not nineties enough for me. Let's talk about a passing rain. Uh, this is a very good song. It's uh, it has this really dirty, distorted guitar on it, and it's all a song about building up this big chorus and having backing vocals on it. It's good. Yeah, it's perfectly all right. This is a this is a very mid track that I'm not offended by and found okay. I I I like it. I think it sounds good. Makes my ear feel good. That's good. It, it's, it's, again, this and um, Best Left are really good at, like, slowly building up to this big climax at the end. Just really good pop song. Simple, but it works. Um, good, good chorus. All of the shit that I keep saying every song. The Bats are good. They can write pop songs. They can really write pop songs. I don't deny that. They write a type of pop song that I'm not the fondest of. Yes, because you are too cynical and irony-poisoned. I don't think I'm even irony-poisoned. I'm very sincere in my takes. We need to get you off the... What's that podcast? 
Chapo Trap House? Is that what you're going yes, for? Yes, we need we need to yeah we need to get you off Chapo Trap House. You know, I've actually never listened to more than two episodes of that, right? You always talk about it. Yeah, I as someone who was coded mask for years, it turns out as a podcaster, I was required by law to know about it. I didn't mean I listened. I know okay, about the giant fair. bombcast too, and I haven't listened to that in years. I don't know about anything. You see yeah, the difference here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 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 you're not allowed to be misogynist, even though you're a woman, Sybil. I'm sorry. I didn't say it was misogynist. I just meant you don't have to know about podcasts as social capital. <laughs> you still not. You still can't be misogynist, Sybil. I'm sorry. Is that misogyny to say that ladies don't need to know about podcasts? Yes! Yes, it is! Yes! It's more a diss on men. No, you're implying... It's... Yes, yes it is. <laughs> well, you listeners, give us some commentary. Give us some feedback. Tell me if uh, I'm in the wrong here. No, don't, don't. I don't want... I No. Bug me on co-host. You can find me there. <sighs> you need to be more like me and not... Aside from the misogyny, which I will... Take away from you, put in a, put in a drawer, <laughs> lock the drawer, and you don't get the misogyny. Um, aside from that, I'm just saying that you have to be more like me and not be aware of things at all. Oh, like Pokemon, which I'm not aware of. You can be aware of Pokemon. Pokemon is wholesome. No, I'm not aware of it. I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> Uh, let's get one of my favorite songs of the record. I told you that I was afraid. I do it. I do it. I do this look, with the song you love. Look, it's a song about anxiety and shit. I know. I have two notes. This is a song about trauma. Ah, now I know why Ellie loves this. <laughs> I, I am. I am a simple person. I like my songs about anxiety and trauma. <laughs> And yet, I like my songs about depression and being morose, and that's somehow different. I don't think that's different. I, I, I'm just saying that, you know, the bats are good. <laughs> no, I figured that uh, I told you that I was afraid of stating my opinion in a clear and honest way. They told me in my youth it wasn't needed, and everyone agreed it. That seemed very you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I was, I was always told that I worked wrong when I was a kid. Once, uh, once my teacher was like, a, a, a kid in my class didn't know what the word goofy means, and my teacher was like, you, walk around the room and show everything, everyone what that word means, because adults are horrible. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, 
I was part of the gifted kid to dirtbag pipeline. Yeah, I, I was part of the person that everyone makes fun of, including the adults, to incredibly anxious and self-conscious person pipeline. Hmm. It's great. Spend your whole life telling, being told that you walk wrong, and eventually you will be scared to walk in public. I just turned it into, you know, a bit. That is even worse. Like, I've turned a lot of things into a bit, and then I realized that I make my, like, my go-to in social conversation is to make, is to make myself as small and, like, you know, pitiable as possible, which is also not bad. Oh, no, I'm braggadocious. Welcome, welcome to Gotta Get Out of This, um, this Therapist Studio, where we, <laughs> where we just talk about our trauma. I don't think I have trauma, though. I just... I'm very larger than life. You're unhinged enough that I will... I'm sure you do have some trauma. You just have different coping mechanisms than me. <laughs> unhinged enough is a very good descriptor. <laughs> um, no one gets this unhinged without trauma, Sybil. Sorry. Was the Sonic movie good? It was completely mid. Okay. I never saw the second one. Is the second one out? Yeah, the second one's out and been on video for ages. It was at the start of the year. I, why do you... Ex I, again, I don't know things. That's how I survive. I just don't... I'm not aware of Okay, things. but you're talking to a Sonic fan. I'm a Sonic lore expert. One day we should talk about my grand theory of Sonic, that uh, Sonic is the Beach Boy and Mario is the Beatles. Wow. You know what? I like it. I told you I was afraid. Great song, by the way. Maybe my favorite of the record. But let's go to the next one. The last one. which is the slowest track on the record, it's the longest track on the record, and while I don't love it, I think it's a great closer. This has more of that depression edge that I wanted, and it is my number two track as a result. Nice! It is a dark... Not, it's not dark. It's, like, it's still pretty sweet, but it's very nostalgic and melancholic. No, it's so good. It's just a dissolving relationship kind of track. Maybe this will be pulled out of, maybe this is the end of things, but you can't sleep and just wonder the whole time, is this going to get better? Have we had our best days? Are they behind us? Is all of this going to collapse underneath us, or can we come back together? I love it. It's great. It's 
the certain type of misery that I love. Incidentally, 2 a.m. is the time that I started this album at, and I finished a little after 3 a.m. because I stopped in the middle to listen to Armored Core trailers. <laughs> Are you excited for the new album? Yes! Okay. Do you know that there's like an Armored Core-like called Demon X Machina? Yeah, it's bad. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. The problem with saying something is an Armored Core-like is that like is a big difference in a lot of cases. Fair enough. The closest thing that I will compare to Armored Core is Front Mission, the tactics games, because they have just as much fiddly mech tweaking and trying to make things functional, which is a big part of the Armored Core experience. I like Front Mission. Yeah, they're good. They're, they're good games. They're tactical RPGs, which are more in my, you know wheelhouse, then... I, I thought the closer thing to Armored Core would be like, what's the... Mech Warrior? What's the no, thing? no, no. For one thing, no, Mech Warrior is kind of a giant mess of a license. Not Mech... The, the, there was a recent one. No, Battletech. There was a recent one that a trans woman directed. I think you're talking about Battletech. It's not Battletech. That's anime. No, it's, it's West. not. I'm thinking about... I'm, Battletech I'm thinking is definitely about a Western propriety. <sighs> I need to Google this. Oh, battle! It is Battletech, two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. I heard Battletech was an anime thing. Nope. Which one is the anime thing? Robotech. Which Robotech is Robotech a... is the anime. <laughs> yeah, which is a bastardized version of Macross, which is la 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 la. Okay, la, la, yeah, la, la, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking Battletech is that close to Front Mission. It's it's closer. What do you think of 2AM? It's a good track. Let's finish this. I'm tired. Okay. And I what got is really the song, sad for some reason. What is the song you wanted me to listen to by the best? It's a real thing. Let's talk about a real thing. That's a, that was a song very much more in line with uh, my musical taste. I like that. I, I really like this song. I'm sad it's not on the album. I would absolutely the... throw this down as much catchier than anything that was on this record. Yes. I it's, I think it's one of the best songs that they did. The little like dissonance on the on the chorus. That like it's a, they have a very melodic uh, verse, and then they go into this almost dissonant chorus with the. Little staccato on everything that's going on, like it stops a lot. A real thing. It's not on the record. It's one of the best things the bats ever made. It came out like ten months ago at the beginning of the year. Yep. It's not on the record. It's good. And the video is cute. There's a cute cat in it. Mm-hmm. There's a cute cat in the video. I mean the video is a bunch of like I think two ring, just like 
touring footage. But, like, there's a cute cat in it, and I'm like, yes. Also, yes. Uh, Genius cat. tells me, as I look up the lyrics for this track, that I might also like a prior Beth single, Viva La Vida by Coldplay, and a romanized version of the Chainsaw Man theme. <laughs> I mean, you would probably like those things. I would. And I will say that uh, I'm going to try and give one shout-out to music in 2022 on each of these episodes. And this week, my shout-out is anime. Anime music is having the strongest 2022 of anyone in the music industry. I'm just saying, Bleach came back and the music's as good as ever. Chainsaw Man has no less than 13 fucking bangers on it. And uh, that's not counting anything that would have been, like, song of the season years ago, like the new theme to Ursa Yatsura, or various other little things, like Bochi the Rock, an anime entirely about an indie rock band with anxiety. Is Ursa Yatsura Lamu? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's a new one. It was just... It was, I know, it was just called Lamu in Italy, so it doesn't really have a... I, d I don't really remember what the Japanese name is. Gotcha. I, I really like the opening. I haven't watched the anime because I don't watch things, but I did see the new opening for the new show, and it's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, great. So very cool, yeah. Anime is having the best year ever. But I would also say uh, try either One Piece or Chainsaw Man. I, I, we've discussed this. We're, I'm not watching Chainsaw Man. I know the plot twist, and it, it, it will fuck me up if I watch it. If I watch it, and I'm just I saying, don't you know the that. part one twist? It's still ongoing. I don't care. I, I, I look at that plot twist, and I'm like, ah, yes, that that will hit me right in every trauma that I have. I'm not gonna read that. You should see what happens after the trauma. That's I, where I, the no, series no, takes no. off. No, I shouldn't. Yeah. I really shouldn't, Phil. All right. Uh, let's go to the ending bit. You got it. We are doing While of Unsound Mind by Nouns. Oh, are we doing that already? That okay, is what you have as third. Fun. That's gonna be fun. I see that there is a track on this called Sentai Quarry, and I'm already intrigued. Yes. Also, Paranul is on this, if you're familiar with... Uh, Korean emo superstar Paranoom. I guess I'm gonna be. Paranoom is great. I, I just don't know. I, I, you, you heard Paranoom. I linked it to you at some point and you enjoyed it. That doesn't so, mean I yes. know them instantly. I've been linked a lot of things. That is fine. I'm just saying you have heard Paranoom in the past and enjoyed it. Okay. Same song, different chorus. So, this was an episode. Thanks a lot for listening to us. You can find more Gotta Get Out of This Town uh, content, I guess. Are we content creators? We are. Are we officially content? We, do we create content? We do. Who creates the jars? Um, that would be Bell. Bell jar? Yes. That's a dark joke. Okay. I don't get it. Don't worry. Please, ex please, please explain it to me so I know if I need to cut it. Sylvia Plath's The Bell Jar is a very dark book of poetry. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. Sylvia Plath killed herself by sticking her head in the oven. That sounds like a smart thing to do. 
<laughs> I should try this someday. Um, what else? So yeah, yeah, that's our website. Is gotta get out? No, getoutofthistown.com. Mm-hmm. That's our Twitter, which is until it lasts is g g o o t t podcast. G g o o t t podcast. Sable, if you if you want to get be on Twitter but not make another account, you can always be on our Never. podcast Twitter. Okay. I will make us a podcast mastodon before I do that. <laughs> on which mastodon server will be? Is there a pop punk mastodon server? I don't know. I'll find out. There's probably a podcaster mastodon, and you know what? I don't. I don't know what mastodon is, and I don't want to learn. I don't care. I'm sleepy. I don't care either. That's why I use co-host. Yeah, it's good. And just have my own website. Uh, can we go back to websites? I yes. I like websites. You can, you can make websites. I make a website. You can go to our website and read a thing. And the thing that you can read is all of our episodes that you can actually listen. Also, you can go to things that are not websites, like Apple Podcast. We're on there. You can leave us a review. That's not a website. Mm-hmm. Are you th- going to say something, Sable? Are you going to dare to say something? Nope, not in this case. Okay. And you can, o- and you can also do things, like in real life. Ha! Like you can touch grass. Do- <laughs> You can, you can go out and take a walk. Um, There's pop punk songs about that. Yeah, you can go do the Blink-182 things where you run through the street naked. Also true. Normalize nudity for pop punk reasons. <laughs> Don't normalize nudity for pop punk reasons. We know, we, we, we know what pop punk singers do. <sighs> and yeah. Do you have anything to plug, Sable? You can always find me at my website, hellscaper.com. And you can, for now, find me on Twitter at ACCTheMoon. And we do not have a Patreon, but if you want to support us, make sure that nudity is not normalized. Make sure you're always wearing as many clothes as humanly possible. Thank you. Good night.